We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, January the 15th, 2020. On today's show, I break down South Carolina's game tonight against the Kentucky Wildcats. The 10th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats come to town to Colonial Life Arena to take on the South Carolina Gamecocks as South Carolina looks for its first SEC win, its first conference win of the 2019-2020 season. I'll break that game down in its entirety, including storylines, players to watch for Kentucky, keys to the game, give my prediction, and much, much more. Also, we continue the position unit preview for baseball as I talk about the Gamecocks relievers in the 2020 season. We'll go over the key losses, who's back, who has the most to prove, the best overall, and much, much more. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast sent to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. They're cooperatives. So they share in their profits with their member borrowers. So guys, for example, on a $300,000 loan at six and a half percent for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance it as well. Guys, it's 2020. Listen, a lot of us are getting that age or maybe you're already there. Or, you know, Maybe you're looking to upgrade your home, whatever it is, where you're thinking about you know, buying land or building your dream home or building your first home or buying your first home, whatever it may be. When you're doing that, one of the biggest decisions you make in that process, which lender do I go with? Who can I trust? Who are the people that I want to want on my side? They're going to take care of me. They're going to make that process super simple, super easy. Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. Like I said, whether you are building a home, whether you're buying land, you're getting a mortgage, whatever it may be, Ag South Farm Credit is going to be there for you to guide you along the way. Uh, one of the questions they get asked most frequently, people buy a plot of land they want to buy, say 10, 20, 30 acres, however much it is. How much would you need as a down payment, right? That's obviously a big question because you need to know what you're paying up front, how much money you need in your, your pocket to give to the bank, stuff like that. How much do you need as a down payment? So typically, they require a minimum of 15% down, but that'll ultimately be determined by terms and other factors like your credit. So normally, the longer the term, the bigger the risk, risk which is why they like a little more skin in the game on your end. So if you want any more information on down payments, Give those guys a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. That's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C dot com 
slash TSU has Ag Salesman Eco Housing Lender NMLS 619788. So again, their number, their website, agsouthfc.com slash TSUS, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Middle of the week here. We are at hump day. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in again. We have got a packed show. We're talking basketball. We're talking baseball. Got a lot to talk about. Let's jump right into it because this is a game day episode of the Spurs Up Show. South Carolina taking on the Kentucky Wildcats tonight. Colonial Life Arena, 6.30 tip, SEC Network, a game that will be nationally televised. Should be a lot of fun. Obviously, it always seems like it is when Kentucky comes to town. Let's dive right into it. You look at Kentucky, 10th in the country in the latest AP poll. They're 12-3 and overall, 3-0 and on the season. Um, obviously coached by John Calipari. You know, really a ho-hum start of the season for the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, a team that, you know, always there are always high expectations. You know, at Kentucky, they have – a tradition of winning. They expect to get to the Final Four, win for the national title, or win the national title, compete for national titles. Uh, one of the big storylines early in the season, early November, Kentucky was upset by Evansville uh, on their home floor. Was obviously pretty shocking, and they lost three games to Evansville, Utah, and Ohio State. But they've been on a roll since then. Won three straight in conference play over Missouri at Georgia and against Alabama as well. And they're looking to move to four and zero in conference play when they take on the South Carolina Gamecocks tonight. Um, Kentucky is a team shooting 46% from the field, 32% from three-point range, and they hold their opponents defensively. They're a pretty good defensive team, 38% from the field, 29% from three-point range. So you take a look at this game. Obviously, again, Kentucky, a top-10 team, a major opportunity for South Carolina tonight to really break through. Again, you're looking for your first conference win. You're, at, you're back at home, you know, the friendly confines of Colonial Life Arena. I know the season has been rough. I expect there will be a pretty decent amount of blue in the stadium, but I, I think Colonial Life Arena, there will be a good crowd. I mean, like I said, anytime Kentucky comes to town, for whatever reason, it seems like there's a good crowd on hand for, at Colonial Life Arena. Let's get into the top storylines for this one. Again, the first thing, like, like I was just talking about, can USC break this losing streak for one, and can they get their first conference win via a massive upset? You know, it, it would make so much sense for this team, as Jekyll and Hyde as they've been, as unpredictable as they've been, that the first conference win would come against a top-10 team against Kentucky. I mean, you've already beaten one top-10 team, team this season, and that was on the road in Charlottesville against Virginia. Now you get the opportunity again um, to break your losing streak. Again, South Carolina has lost three games in a row. You get the chance to break your losing streak at home. The Kentucky Wildcats come to town. Big, bad Kentucky, run the SEC, all that, all that good stuff. But South Carolina with a huge opportunity. Again, you can look – and the Gamecocks, listen, will be a big underdog. The line, as I'm recording this, has not come out yet. I expect the Gamecocks to be double-digit underdogs just the way that they're playing. You know, they're not, they're not going to get much of a chance in this game from the national media. But if you're Frank Martin and you're South Carolina, you can win back a lot of goodwill with the fan base and really maybe let this serve as a spark to turn the season around if you can upset Kentucky. And it's been done before. Listen, it's, you know, it's – like I said, for whatever reason, over the couple over the past couple of years, or just over the years in general, the South Carolina Kentucky game, especially at Colonial Life Arena, there's been some weird stuff to have happened in this game for whatever reason. I don't really know why, but weird stuff happens in this game. 
Gamecocks are obviously a team that's desperate, back against the wall. You have to play that way. Um, and, again, is Kentucky sleeping on South Carolina? Do they not take them seriously? I mean, you saw the Wildcats, what they can do if they don't take a game seriously. You lose to Evansville, and they lost that game on their home floor. Again, that was a couple months ago, but either way, college basketball is a weird thing. It would be so ironic, though, and, again, so fitting for this team, as inconsistent as they are, as bipolar as they are, to beat Kentucky to get their first SEC win. Um, you know, I talked about just how pivotal the Florida game was, the Tennessee game was. You know, you're threatening dropping to 0-3 in SEC play. Every, every SEC game to this point is a must win. You need to win it. Um, and this one's no different. No matter the opponent, it still feels that way, in my opinion. So, South Carolina, again, until they win their first conference game, that's going to be probably the lead storyline for me is every game is, is this finally going to be the damn game that South Carolina breaks out and gets their first SEC win? We'll have to wait and see. My second storyline, you know, I've talked about A.J. Lawson a lot on this show, good and bad, but I want to switch to a different guy. Where in the world is Jair Bolden? Where is Jair Bolden? Jair Bolden, listen to this stat. Listen to these stats. Jair Bolden goes to – he's been a really nice addition, first off. Goes to Clemson, to Virginia. 32 combined points in those two games, including 22 at Virginia, SEC co-player of the week. Since those two games, against Stetson, Florida, and at Tennessee, he has combined for 14 points total in those three games and has played a lot less for whatever reason. I know Frank likes to shuffle guys in and out, especially if they're not hot and he leaves the guys that are hot in, whatever. 15 minutes against Stetson, 34 minutes against Florida, which he had 12 points, so not a terrible night but then only 13 minutes against Tennessee, had two points in that game. He had zero points against Stetson. A guy like Jerry Bolden, listen, Kentucky can shoot the basketball. They've got great guard play. This is a typical John Calipari Kentucky team. A guy like Jerry Bolden's going to have to step up. Listen, if, if A.J. Lawson's having trouble mentally, he can't figure it out, his shot is cold, whatever it may be, a guy like Jerry Bolden's got to be the guy that steps up and takes the reins and says, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I've got it. You guys take a step back. I'm going to do it. And, again, we saw his potential at Virginia, 22 points against one of the best defensive teams in the entire country and the defending national champions. If he can have that type of game in Charlottesville, he can certainly have that type of game at home against Kentucky. South Carolina's going to need him to, again, especially while they wait on A.J. Lawson to figure it out. Because, again, I know he's still your top leading scorer, but a guy in A.J. Lawson who's coming off a four-point performance at Tennessee where he didn't make a single field goal, Listen, somebody's going to have to step up. And maybe it's not Bold. Maybe it's Kuznar. Maybe it's Trey Hannibal. I mean, I, maybe it's Manaya. I don't know. But Jair Bolden, to me, is the one guy that has actually shown it. that He can be like a game-breaking, a game-changing type of player. But he's – I mean, I don't know where he's – I don't know if they left him back in Charlottesville or what the deal is. But Jair Bolden needs to get his game back to where it was in Charlottesville because this team – desperately needs him. They desperately need someone to get hot from the outside and get this offense going. Um, my next big storyline for this one, you know, just what is the mindset of this basketball team? Um, you're just at a place in the season right now. And again, I've talked about it a little bit with Florida and with the Tennessee games and why I thought they were so important. But, you know, Frank Martin has preached a lot this season that South Carolina does not have the leadership it needs. Whenever it gets in tough situations, they don't have that Cinderius Thornwell-type leader or even that Chris Silva-type leader or whatever it is they can turn to and the guy gets in the huddle and, you know, takes, takes control, takes charge of everything. What is the mindset of this team? I, I just think you're getting to a very, 
a very uh, fragile point in the season to where, listen, again, you're, you're, a, you're probably going to be a double-digit underdog against Kentucky. But these losses can snowball. You know, you can't let a game like Kentucky beat you twice. And also, what type of team, what do we see? What's the effort tonight? Do we see a team come out hungry, playing like, a, like it has its backs against the wall, playing like it has nothing to lose, you know, a team that's starving and desperate almost for their first conference win? Or do we see a team that looks like they've kind of mailed it in, packed it in, like, ah, oh, you know what, not our year. You know, Kentucky's way too good for us, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what, what do we see? Because, again, I, I think it's – if you come out and you get blown out against Kentucky, you have to go on back, right back on the road for the next two games at A&M, at Auburn. And like I said before, this season can really go sideways fast if you're not careful. So, you know, again, this is a team that's dealt – with a lot of adversity already, you suffered a heartbreaking loss against Tennessee. How do they rebound from that? How do they respond? You know, do, do they do they let that Tennessee loss beat them down twice? You know what I mean? Do, do, do we see a team that, if nothing else, comes out resilient and fights and scratches and claws for everything and makes Kentucky earn a win on their home floor at Colonial Life Arena? That's what we need to see. That's what I hope we see. But, again, I, I'm just curious because this team, if things, if things start poorly especially, I think I'm, I'm, I'm worrisome that this team is in a very fragile place right now, mentally. So, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, lastly, I mean, the big storyline, it's probably going to be all season, but I, the damn free throw shooting, man. I, I just – I will never understand how you can be on scholarship. And listen, not everybody's a good free throw shooter, but for your entire team to shoot 60%, I just don't get it. I mean, South Carolina is near dead last in the country in free throw shooting. There are like 350 teams in South Carolina's damn near last in free throw shooting percentage. Um, I mean, obviously against a team like Kentucky in conference games, you can't beat anybody if you can't shoot free throws, really. I mean, they are free throws. They are uncontested shots at the free throw line. You can't hit those. You're just you're probably not going to win many basketball games. You're definitely not going to beat a team like Kentucky shooting 60% of your free throws. So, and I think that goes back again, I talked about it before, to the mental side of things. Can this team kind of get over that? Like, what's going to be the thing that gets this team over that hump when it comes to free throw shooting? Because it's all mental. It's like a golfer hitting a golf ball. Uh, it's, it's like a, a hitter in baseball. It's all confidence. And you, you get in your own head when you start missing and you change things up. And it just spells to disaster, which is what I think we've seen. Can South Carolina somehow find a way to reverse that trend and start shooting better at the free throw line? Because, again, they're just not going to win many games if they can't do that. Um, all right, let's get into some players to watch for Kentucky here really quickly. The first guy I want to start with is a freshman guard, Tyrese Maxey. Maxey leading the Kentucky Wildcats in scoring 13.9 points per game. Like I said, this is a typical Kentucky team, an all-star freshman. Um, again, 13.9 points per game, leading the team in scoring. Guy that's very good, very athletic, um, good with the basketball in his hands, can create his own shot. Really, really good, and a guy South Carolina fans need to keep an eye out for. Second guy, I'm going to talk about Nick Richards. Nick Richards, a junior Ford, averaging 13 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game. He leads the team in rebounds, is damn good defensively as well. Down low, has 35 blocks on the season this year. Um, Richards, a guy, listen, Mike, I feel like I say this every week, but Mike, Co- Mike Coatsar has been playing well. I'm not going to say Mike's going to have his hands full because I think Mike has proven – He's going to go toe-to-toe with everybody he goes up against. But 
This will be a good test. This will be a great matchup to watch as Mike Kotsar tries to handle himself down low. Nick Richards, again, one of the best in the SEC. Um, it's crazy. Kentucky's got like five guys averaging over 13 points per game. I mean, they, they are There's a lot of guys doing it for Kentucky. It isn't just one or two. Like, they've got a lot of guys that can score. Um, the other guy, the last guy I want to talk about, Ashton Hagens, a sophomore guard, 13.1 points per game. This guy, though, a facilitator of the basketball, eighth in the country in assists per game. He's got 109 total assists. Dishes the ball out over seven times per game. A guy, again, who can really facilitate it, get it to guys like Richards, get it to guys like Maxie. Hagens, though, a guy, A.J. Lawson is going to have his hands full. The Gamecocks guards as a whole are going to have their hands full, but Hagens, a really, really good player for the Kentucky Wildcats. You take a look at the keys to the game. I said earlier, my first key to the game, listen, guys, screw it. Who gives a shit? You got nothing to lose. You're probably going to be a double digit on your home floor to Kentucky. Kentucky, a top 10 team. No, This is just like the Virginia game. Nobody's expecting you to win. Nobody. Nobody is expecting you to win this basketball game. South Carolina needs to go out there and play that way. Play like they have nothing to lose. I mean, Play loose, play free, have fun. I want to see this Carolina basketball team have fun. That's something we have not seen this season. This team doesn't look like it's having a whole lot of fun out there. Play loose, play free. I mean, you know, and just have a good time. You know, just see what happens. Play your hardest. You know, who gives a damn? Leave all your chips on the table, and once the game's over, we'll look at the final score and see what's up. But, I mean, you know, just go balls to the wall. I mean, that's really the only way to put it. Like, go balls to the wall and just see what happens. You know, if you if you lose, you lose. But I used to have a coach that would say, don't, don't fuck up going half speed. Fuck up going 110%. Excuse my French there. But, I mean, that's how South Carolina needs to play tonight. Um, my second key to the game, you've got to take care of the basketball. Um, South Carolina was way too sloppy in Knoxville with the turnovers. And I know Tennessee was sloppy as well. And, again, it was defensive pressure. I get that. But – to beat a team like Kentucky, to pull the upset, you can't turn the basketball over, and you've got to create turnovers on the other side. But you, you're just you're not going to be able to get ahead of Kentucky or even keep up with them if you're turning the basketball over on a consistent basis like you were at Knoxville. There's just no way it's going to happen. So take care of the basketball, and then I would add to that as well. Again, on the defensive side, be aggressive. Again, play with nothing to lose. Get the ball off of those guys. My final key to the game, simply put, man, how do you pull an upset? Get hot and stay hot. I mean – Whatever South Carolina's got to do, I don't know if it's a pregame ritual, some voodoo, whatever it is, find a way to come out and get hot, start fast, and stay hot. You know, whenever you – like, when you take a look at what South Carolina did at Virginia, they came out fast. South Carolina came out, took the lead, never looked back. They got that confidence. Everybody was feeling it. The whole team was feeling it. And, again, they just never looked back. You need to ambush a team like Kentucky. You do. You need to ambush them. You're come, they're coming into Colonial Life Arena. Like I said, I expect a pretty good crowd. I think it'll be a pretty solid environment. But overall, as a team, get hot and stay hot. Find a way to come out fast. Keep that energy going. Keep that momentum going. Keep Uncle Mo on your side. And then, like I said, let's just see what happens. See, let's see if you can get Kentucky to do things that are not characteristic to those guys. Um, all right, my overall prediction for the game, South Carolina, again, I think they are a team that's desperate. I think they're a team that's desperate. I, 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 I don't think that the noise has gotten extremely loud with Frank Martin yet, but the chirping has certainly started, and you know that's something those players feel. I mean, you, you try to block it out as much as you can, but you, you hear it. You see it. Those guys are on social media. They see that type of stuff. 
I think this will be a team that comes out and plays desperate, plays hungry, you know, fighting for their first conference win. However, I just simply think right now the Gamecocks are in a downward trend right now. Kentucky, a really, really good basketball team. Again, they just moved up to the top ten. They've come into Colonial Life Arena. John Calipari has come into Colonial Life Arena enough and gotten beat and upset. That's happened enough times to him for he, where he's going to let his team know, hey, you cannot just walk in here and, and just get a win and no big deal. Like, you need to show up and play your best basketball. I think Kentucky will come out ready to play. I think South Carolina gives Kentucky a fight early, but I think the Wildcats pull away. I get Kentucky winning this game 83-67 to 67 over USC. I, I just don't think right now – and again – until we see it, I'm not going to pick South Carolina to get their first conference win more than likely until they, they prove me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think Kentucky's got too much. South Carolina's a team that's reeling right now, and uh, I think the Wildcats get an 83-67 to 67 win. Uh, all right, let's move into some baseball. Talking, We're moving on with the position unit previews. Talk starting pitchers yesterday. Talking relievers today. Before we get into that, guys, the game is tonight. Get to Colonial Life Arena. If nothing else, you get to see the Gamecocks play against one of the best in the entire country, Coach Cal, that Kentucky squad. If you need your tickets, go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, I literally just took a look at the app before I jumped on here. There are plenty of tickets available for tonight's game. The tickets are actually fairly priced. If you use the promo code, you're going to be paying next to nothing to get in. Do yourself a favor, save yourself that money. You can get tickets to any South Carolina Gamecock sporting events, also any professional sports, concerts, comedy club events, you name it. Whatever you need tickets to, SeatGeek has got it. They've also got a great ticket rating system where they rate the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So never again are you going to be sitting there wondering, oh my gosh, where is my seat? Am I overpaying? What is the person three rows in front of me paying? Am I getting ripped off, but they're getting a deal? No, SeatGeek does all that work for you. They make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, and they really give you that peace of mind before you click the buy button. So again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. All right, like I said, position unit previews, talking about the Gamecocks relievers in the 2020 season. Very, very excited for this one because there are a lot of big names to talk about. Let's get into it. You look first at the key losses. Who does South Carolina lose from last season? They really don't lose a lot. Um, you know, you take a look at the guys. Ridge Chapman, Sawyer Bridges, Cole Ganopoulos, and Gage Henson are the main names. When you take a look at production, though, they don't really use much. I mean, uh, uh, Ridge Chapman pitched the first week, and he literally had an inning in two-thirds last year, pitched the first weekend, suffered an arm injury, out for the rest of the year. Sawyer Bridges, kind of the same thing. Only had 15 appearances, 18 and two-thirds innings pitched. And honestly, when he threw, was not very effective, but he was dealing with those arm issues. Um, a guy that, you know, gave up a 300 batting average against him. I mean, a guy that wasn't as effective as South Carolina hoped he would be. I remember specifically Skylar Mead saying he thought he was the best closer in the country. And, of course, it happens to turn out he blows game one in the opening day game uh, and blows the save. Now, either way, though, Sawyer Bridge is no longer around. Cole Ganopoulos, more of a lefty specialist than Gage Henson, a guy who was a nice innings eater but wasn't one of your weekend guys that would come in um, that you depended on a lot. So you've got a ton of arms back this year, a ton of arms that pitched a year ago, a ton of arms that were effective for you a year ago. We look at some of the notable names. Who's back? You got Brett Carey, Cam Tringali, Wesley Sweat, Graham Lawson returns from injury as well. That's a big addition. You know, you take a look down the line. There's also some new guys in there as well. Hayden Lehman returns. 
Parker Coyne, a guy that I think could be a big addition, or excuse me, a big returnee. John Gilreath, uh, Dylan Harley, is he a starter reliever? You could even throw Danny Lloyd in there. I know I just talked about him with the starters. That's what I think he's going to do. But he could be a guy that does that as well. Um, so there are a lot of guys. You've got a lot of capable guys come back. And there's a host of others as well. That guys that are newcomers, guys that I'm just simply not mentioning because there's so many arms in that bullpen. But the Gamecocks have a definite solid stable of guys who I think can make a big impact on this pitching staff. To me, when you look at the most approved for the relievers in 2020, I'm going with right-handed pitcher Graham Lawson. I'll tell you why. I'm going with Graham Lawson, a guy that in 2017 – or excuse me, 2018, excuse me, when the Gamecocks made their run to the Super Regionals, Graham Lawson was a major, major part of that. I mean, was the Gamecocks closer for a while. Watch this kid pitch in the fall. You know, I think it's going to be a mixed bag with him. But I think that's why he has the most to prove. Can he get back to what he was for South Carolina or as close as possible to it? Listen, when you come off a of Tommy John like he had, the arm injury like he had, you're going to be fighting some inconsistency issue. Because I promise you, there's going to be some times where Graham Lawson comes out and shoves and looks like the Graham Lawson of old. There's also going to be some times where he probably cannot find the strike zone. That's, kind of, that's normally what happens coming off an injury. But a guy like Graham Lawson – who they missed desperately a year ago. I mean, they really, really did. Thank God Brett Carey was able to step up and sort of take over that closer role. But Graham Lawson, to me, where does he fit in this puzzle? Where does that guy fit in? Because, again, he was so effective, so dominant in 2018. I think he got the save uh, in the Greenville Regional at East Carolina um, in one of the games. But either way, Graham, a guy with great stuff, electric fastball. Fastball looked really good in the fall to me. Um, and a guy returning that I think, again, coming back from injury, almost like Carmen Majinski, except Lawson was out for the entire season last year, but almost like a guy like a Carmen Majinski that has shown flashes. And, I mean, Lawson's done it for a sustained period. I mean, 2018 season, again, he was dominant. Um, I'm really, really excited to see. And, again, I think he's got a lot to prove to everyone that he is back and better than ever. The best overall, this one to me is a no-brainer after what he did a season ago, and that is Brett Carey. Listen, I, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. Preface this with Brett Carey could be a starter. You never know. He could move into the starting rotation, but I'm going to assume right now he is the Gamecocks closer because of the way that he threw a year ago. 58 and a third innings pitch, 2.62 ERA, 4-1 and one record. He was best in all those categories, or leading with ERA, tied for the team lead in wins. Um, had seven saves, which was by far the team lead, 65 strikeouts and 58 and a third innings pitch. And a guy that really carried himself with that closer moxie. You know, a guy that when he took the baseball, I mean, obviously his coming out party, I was at the Carolina Clemson series a year ago. That Friday night game at Clemson, when he came in a relief of Carmen Majinski, was stuff of legends. I mean, that's stuff we'll never forget, really. The way he spun the baseball, I mean, he could have hit a Nats ass with his breaking ball. Stuff was phenomenal. And, again, a guy that when he took the ball the ninth inning, you felt a sense of confidence come over you because he was a guy – he was going to get the job done no matter what. He was going to get the job done. I think, again, overall, he is your best reliever right now. I think he will be the Gamecocks closer in 2020. It's either going to be him or Danny Lloyd, who I talked about yesterday. But right now, I think Brett Carey just fits so well into that role. He showed that dominant mentality last year. And I think he is your best overall reliever right now and you take a look at this 2020 season for the bullpen the season will be successful if I say 10 plus saves 
and you need to find your consistent seventh and eighth inning guys. That's really what it's about with the relievers, with the bullpen. You need to find guys that fit roles. When you look at South Carolina when they were great, right, 2010, 2011, 12, all the other years they were great. And you look at all the best baseball teams. They've got guys, they've got a closer, they've got a setup man, they've got a middle reliever. Like, they have those guys that get in those roles, embrace those roles, and flourish. When you're having to shuffle guys in and out, you don't know who your closer is weekend to weekend, and you don't know who, who you're going to bring into the eighth weekend to weekend, and you can't depend on a guy, it, it just makes it very tough. You know, it, it's demoralizing, obviously, when, you know, your starter throws a great game and you lose the lead late or you blow a save. I mean, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing for a baseball team. Obviously, I will say this, the bullpen, South Carolina's bullpen needs its starting pitching to be a lot better than it was a year ago. The Gamecocks did not go deep enough in games last year. But obviously, that's a topic for another day. But I think getting 10-plus saves, you're going you're gonna to have your guy. You're going to have your closer and carry. He got seven a year ago in a season that was not great at all, was abysmal. I think 10-plus is certainly doable. Um, and I think you've got the guys to fill in the seventh, eighth inning. I, get, I think a guy like Cam Tringali um, is a guy – I watch him in the fall – He's a real bulldog on the mound, real competitor, a guy who's going to come right at you, got a good running fastball, good breaking stuff. Um, he has plus stuff. He looks a lot better even than he did last year when I thought, you know, he threw pretty well. I mean, he had a five ERA, um, actually started eight games for South Carolina, went two and four, but had a save for the Gamecocks, was really good in certain situations. Again, I think he was almost kind of thrust in a role maybe he wasn't comfortable with or wasn't ready for but I think he could fit perfectly, fit beautifully in that seventh inning role. And that eighth inning role, I do see a guy like a Wesley Sweat fitting in there. I mean, a guy who's got a power arm. Um, he actually started four games, had 23 appearances, two and three record, four, three, three ERA. But you take a look at his numbers. I mean, a guy that had 43 and two thirds innings pitched, 31 strikeouts. You know, a guy who's got a power arm. And I thought really did well in the back end of the bullpen last season at times. So I think those two guys could be your seventh and eighth inning guys. But it's all about, again, finding guys to fit into those roles. That's the biggest thing. And, again, I think Mark Kingston acknowledged they have more power arms than they did a year ago. And I think Trangali and I think Wesley Sweat are two of those guys. And, again, you top it off with Carey in the ninth. It could be a really, really good back end. I mean, all you need to get, you know, I don't think it's too, it's, it's definitely not too much to ask to get six solid innings out of your starters. And from there, it, again, if you can have the guys seven, eight, nine to set people up, you're going to see a lot of success. So I think that's what's going to make this season successful 10 plus saves and find those consistent guys you can depend on for the seventh and eighth inning. Um, the overall grade for this unit, you know, you take a look. Like I said, very deep. I don't think there's as many questions with the relievers as there are the starters. Um, obviously, this entire pitching staff has to be better. I mean, last year, a 5-5-1 staff ERA. It's just unacceptable. I, one of the worst in the SEC. The, the hitting's got to get better as well, too. So, I don't want people to think I'm just piling on the pitching right now. But it, it, just unacceptable. I, I know this entire pitching staff's going to come out with a chip on its shoulder. The overall grade for these guys, though – the relievers, I like what they have. I, I, you know, watching this team in the fall, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do we look? How do we look? I, my, my first thing I say always is we have more depth, if nothing else. We have so many more arms to depend on. We have so many more guys we can hand the baseball to and say get the job done. I give the overall grade a B-. minus. Um, 
Obviously, I still think there are questions. You've got to find those guys to fill those roles, the setup man role, the, your middle relief role. I think Brett Carey can be a really, really good closer for you. Can a guy like Graham Lawson bounce back? And can the guys that were forced in those situations last year, these relievers, I mean, can a guy like Dylan Harley figure it out? Can a guy like John Gilreath get better? Um, you know, there, there's guys that pitched last year. They just got to be better. Can Parker Coyne sort of take that next step? You know, a guy that was good in limited action but was kind of a mixed bag, can he be better? You know, so there's a lot of guys that there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of potential there, but it's got to pan out. So, again, overall grade B minus just because simply I think the pros are obviously you have a lot of depth, you have a lot of options, but the con would be – now we got to figure out who is going into those roles specifically. But I, I really, really like Brett Carey at the back end. I think he can be one of the better closers in the SEC. And I think that really just stems from him, him being a bulldog in the mound and really being a competitor. I think he's going to be really good for South Carolina back there. So that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. A lot of fun. Again, looking forward to the game tonight against the Kentucky Wildcats. I will be in the building. If you see me around, holler. Love talking with the fans. Love talking Gamecocks with you guys. Um, as always, though, I'm Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.